0: In the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Cut! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus.
1: Yes!
2: New CBS Sunday.
1: You collect
3: rewards, right?
2: This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it.
3: You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so.
2: So-so's okay. <laughs>
1: Got it. I got to warn you right now. Two things I got to warn you about. One, my internet's been a little sketchy today. I apologize in advance for any glitches. Two, I had a soda today. I'm feeling a little frisky.
3: Oh, Ooh. wow. You, What's the heck? That, you switched to that water diet for a while and. Yeah. yeah, get <laughs> out of hand. <laughs> I had a
1: soda. Yes, I promise not to drop any F bombs, Jeff. I'm working on it.
3: He knew would, we had. He knew we had Walt on the it's episode, Funny that so you, you said explain. that.
1: I, I quit diet, diet Pepsi.
4: Really? Yeah, I just quit diet Pepsi like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was it was mm. not that easy. Mm. Like mm. <laughs> it's not been easy. about twenty mm. years. That's so, uh, no. really good. I bought, no. No, I bought it's so a, good when it touches your I mouth. I bought a ten pack of the little those little <laughs> mini ones, the little eight ouncers and I'll treat myself here and there. But I just came to realize the more you read about it, it's just as bad as regular soda, you know. Well, it depends. Chemicals.
1: It's not as bad in terms of like, in some ways, in terms of like calories, right? You, could, It's a little better, but there's other things that are really bad about it. It's of kind of health. like the chemicals in your body. Yeah.
3: The giving you cancer stuff. I just feel yeah. like my body's impervious to that. Like I put it through so much oh, at this point. Sure. If, it can't, if it can't handle like aspartame or whatever, then whatever, you know.
4: So that's why I'm drinking coffee at, uh, Green coffee at 7 30 at night if anyone's wondering
3: that's nice
1: yeah well the caffeine scratch is the hard- somehow <laughs> yeah yeah giving up the caffeine you just go through hardcore withdrawal big time you will but anyways
3: let's talk TARPs. yes
1: well people love <laughs> it when we talk about things like sodas and
3: well i mean yeah. it- it's actually not utterly depressing to talk terps this week. That's why I'm back. See, I left for a couple weeks because you know, I was I was in the bunker, things weren't great, and uh, went on vacation, car broke down, had to leave it five hundred miles away and come home and then fly back a week later and drive it back. But I'm not mad about that. Got covid, got Dude, over that COVID.
1: Sounds horrible.
3: Not bad Two of about us that either. COVID. Yeah. But
1: yes. uh, it is things are good and that's why our guest agreed to come on with us because he said he wouldn't come on until they were playing well again that's not just, what he said no he didn't say that that's not what he said he didn't say that no he did he did say his
3: voice was all janky so i'm interested in what he sounds like he so. did
1: say his voice is janky he said but that's a, what did he say exactly it's really funny um he said my voice is is messed up i lost my voice a bit so i might sound a little crazy you guys are crazy as hell anyway, so it'll all fit. <laughs> well, you and
4: Walt, you and Walt have been staying out too staying out too late the past few nights is the problem, Larry. Yeah,
3: running yeah. Around, hitting that clutch vodka. Running around clubs. the clubs.
1: Yeah, we've been we've been texted like during the losing streak. I'm like, you gotta suit up, you gotta suit up. Hmm. And uh as they're starting to bait starting to play better, we've been celebrating and, and that kind of stuff. So
3: I know we don't need Jeff to suit up with that friggin' jaggy-ass finger he's got. Oh, man. show
1: your finger, Jeff. Oh.
3: Oh, no, hey. Oh.
4: I'm good. They popped it back into place today. I was at the doctor for two hours. Got x-rays it's and everything. <laughs> First time playing basketball. You guys know, like, basketball is my thing, right? Always has been as you get older whatever. So I hadn't been in, like, 10 months. I get back. My son's with me. He's all fired up to play. There's something magical about you know your son getting old enough to play in your grown up pickup game and and I'm shooting and I go to grab a ball and jam my finger on it and I look and it is just pointing literally that way.
1: I saw that, the, picture the picture you picture directed. was it's gnarly crazy. dude <laughs> it,
4: was really bad. The funny is thing, it doesn't great. hurt that bad you feel this weird tingling and the last few times I've been able to just do that but this time it was not going back into place and uh so anyways pop back that in would be and a,
1: devastating to me it would ruin my music playing career so i would hate yeah. that
4: i want to get back out on the court that's the that's
3: the annoying part are you going it. to be able to probably two it's weeks i would think i'm just going to take this one just two tape weeks? it up rub some on it'll it be fine
1: i don't yeah. dunk with
4: this hand is the thing i only dunk with this hand so i don't really have to worry about hurting myself Je-
1: jeff is like yeah. a football player from the 80s or 90s like you get knocked out you break a bone. Ronnie Lott literally cut oh, yeah. a piece of his finger off the case funny,
3: He's like the defensive lineman that doesn't wear gloves. You know, yeah. like you know that's a guy you just fear.
4: After my son uh got done trying not to puke when he because he looked at it, he just like turned away, yeah. uh repulsed, and then he he actually says, like, dude, you gotta be like Ronnie Lott and cut it off. I was like, I don't know if pickup ball is you know quite as important. But I did play one full game with an after how'd half, you do? How'd you do? Oh, terrible. I thought if I just like caught it with the fingers together, wouldn't hurt as bad. And instinctually, <laughs> I tried to like rake down on the ball, and that shit hurt so bad. Um, <laughs> so, after one game, uh, I just was playing with my right, like they like, passed the ball to me from that side, and I catch it with my right hand, like a baseball player backhand.
3: You. You're like Jim Abbott, like just doing the whole one handed <laughs> <laughs>
4: joint. So, so long since I played, I couldn't bear to not, but then I just watched him play for the rest of the rest of the night with the doctor so
1: so we yeah. we had a question in the chat asking who the guest is it says it very clearly like on all the platforms <laughs> but i should probably say it for people listening because they can't see anything but walt williams is our guest i think we kind of said that as we were he's a tall thinking. guy
3: played basketball yeah. a little bit you know you might know him i don't know rapper yeah. Former,
4: yeah. former former rapper,
3: rapper. That's right. Yes. Reppin' Olney.
4: Reppin' Olney,
1: man. The current sideline reporter for the Maryland Terrapin. God, radio. we need... I need.
3: Larry, do you still have that track somewhere? Yeah, we got to play it again sometime. We need that. Like, um, I need that. Like, my soul needs that. We've got to track that down somehow.
1: I do. I just don't know which folder I have it in. It won't be good video or radio for me to search for that right now. So, No, let's uh, just just put that um, on
3: the put that on the docket, man. I got to Yeah. I got to get that.
1: Yeah. Um so, Walt's the guest. we're going to talk about the resurgence of the basketball team. They're playing well. They had a couple of really excruciating painful losses. If, if not for those, I mean, they'd be on a really nice winning streak here. They they have some sort of... Not a streak, but they've won a lot of games. They've played well in a lot of games in a row, and there's there's hope for this season again. Would you I agree so. with that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, ten games
4: left. You make you win seven of those, which is doable because the schedule's not that tough. And then you go one and one Big Ten tournament. I think you're probably in. I mean, it's too hard to really say that.
3: Super. It's, that's bubble.
4: That's bubble.
3: Yeah. It depends. I mean, it
4: depends who the wins are. Obviously um and there's not
3: what's that that non-conference schedule uh strength schedule jeff what's that number Uh, like like 350 or something yes it is and what's the one thing that the committee loves to do to every bubble team every year no matter what they look at that one stupid statistic and decide your rest of your season doesn't matter yeah so that that's my only caveat. Like I agree. Yeah. I think seven and three, one and one, one win, two wins maybe in the Big Ten tournament might do it. But yeah, that's I, a good reason for Willer need they need to
4: add a few, they need to up the ante on the right on the non-conference schedule next year, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's kind of a catch twenty-two with the Big Ten. There's the, the rest of the games, you know, they're pretty winnable for the most part on the flip side. Because they're winnable, they're not as valuable because there's really, I mean, Wisconsin. you know, big ten. Yeah. Oh, Wisconsin would be a big one. Michigan state on the road would, you know, they're not ranked and they're having a down year, but that would still be, you know, valuable win. Obviously just, you look back at these few games, what is it? Four or five games they lost by three points or less, just one or two of those goes the other way. And they're right there right now. So, you know, they got to make up. It's kind of like, uh, they got to cram, cram for the exam because they kind of slacked off early on, right? It's that kind of deal. Well, you, you're you could just say one of those losses, the Davidson yes. and, and UAB, those are the, they'd be in so much better shape. Yeah, those are the killers.
1: But you're talking about how the committee punishes the poor non-conference SOS. I'm in favor of it. I'm in favor of it. Force people to play better games at a conference. I like that.
3: I, I'd rather. I generally agree. I just kind of hate the idea that you're killing a team in March for what they did in November, you know what I mean. Like, like you're judging I, 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 the entire season. I appreciate that as a as a factor. I don't like it as like, well, you didn't play a team. Well, how are you supposed to know? Maybe UCLA wasn't supposed to be that bad this year. Like, you know, you, you can't control all of it. So, you well, know, if some you, of if it you,
1: certainly. But
3: if you want to play in Maui, you got to play in the stupid Asheville tournament. Apparently, the year before. Like, so there there. Yeah, well, fact, I never just- I never
4: figured out the the relationship there. This is the most random. Uh, prerequisite, I have no idea. It's gotta a, be like a sponsorship. Like the same same yeah, same promoter. He's
3: like, Yeah.
4: You, you know, you scratch my back if you wanna if you wanna right. get in the field.
3: Rocky Rocky can't fight Apollo Creed before he fights, you know, two dudes down in the alley, you know, yeah, like, exactly. like
1: yeah, the problem is you're not supposed to lose the games naturally.
3: That is before. true. That is That's true. That's the problem. I, yeah, I just and I I just think like I I hate punishing, you know, if a team finishes hot, you would think if you you know, are you it's it goes back to the whole thing like are you judging the season or are you judging the team at the moment? Like who are the best teams right now or who has the best resume? And it seems uh, always kind of go back and forth, you know. It does um, go back and forth. Well, and the other I,
4: is a team like Maryland is going to get penalized for its non-conference. This is an age-old debate and I I'm a big underdog Cinderella guy, but When you're comparing to like a Drake or Colorado State that are both in the same range as Maryland, their their conference schedule, you know, Maryland's Big Ten schedule blows, obviously blows theirs away. So you're punishing a team for not playing out of conference tougher games, and then these teams just have, you know, what would Maryland go in? uh, What's Drake in? Missouri Valley. Missouri
3: Valley. Thank you. Nobody, nobody cares. Think it's yeah. Well, Maryland. Maryland Nobody knows.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, that's you, you, right.
3: Missouri Valley. Right. Would Maryland go 15 and five in the Missouri Valley? Like who knows? Easily. But uh, I just think I would say this, I've been in as down on this team as anybody, and I'm just happy we have something to talk about in February at this point. So I would say that's a good thing. Secondly, if you're talking seven and three, like that's, that's a legit possibility at this point, which we would not have even said a couple weeks ago. And third of all, I guess you can – if you're looking broader perspective, at least now you can start to see what Willard probably thought he had a couple months ago, even if it's taken a while to get to this point. I guess it still kind of bothers me because those resume – those roster holds are still there. You know, if Jordan Geronimo was your number seven guy coming off the bench and not a starter – this is probably a good team, right? But are they a good team with him as your starter right now? I don't know that they are. Dante is obviously kind of turned back the clock a little bit to being the guy we thought he was. Jameer's having an amazing year, and it feels terrible that you might waste that by not going to the tournament because he looks like the type of guy who's playing who could play you into a Sweet 16 or higher just because he gets hot and nobody can stop him. You know, obviously Juju's been a little kind of up and down this year, but starting to find it a little more consistently. And the freshmen are at least having moments at this point, as opposed to looking unplayable a couple of weeks ago. So their last game, both of them were great. Yeah. Great part- games for both of them. You can at least start to see like the vision and the idea and think, OK, Willard just didn't totally whiff on this thing. It just didn't come together the way he thought it would, or maybe they're just a player too short. And that's like a fixable thing, right? That's a, hopefully that a good coach can take that and decide, okay, I can learn from this. I'm going to build a roster different next time, you know, because you're basically going to have to redo this whole thing all over again in the off season, depending on, you know, the, you know, yeah. the freshman recruits and portal and all that stuff. So it's good information to have. And, at least, again, if you go back to my original positive about Kevin Willard, they're a pretty elite defensive team at this point. The offense is a mess, but that's pretty much every Kevin Willard team ever. So the guy didn't forget how to coach basketball. He just kind of screwed up as the GM this year, at least from my perspective. And that feels like a thing that might be correctable. So, I don't know yeah, I mean, that I, he
1: screwed I, up that much. He had, There's a little bit of bad luck that happened right before the beginning of the season. That was out of his control. If you add Martinez back to this roster, how much? First of all, they're probably not losing those two games. In Nashville, if they got Martinez, and then Chan Stevens as a shooter, how much could they use a shooter? Those losing those two guys changes everything I, I, quite I, I a
3: still, bit. I still think you 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 don't respond to losing Ian Martinez by going and getting a project center. But uh, we we've no, had that debate. We've you had talked that about enough Geronimo times-
1: – you're talking about Geronimo being number seven? Well, if Ian Martinez is there, he's probably starting and is coming off. Oh, no, off. I
3: think if Ian Martinez is on this team, they're they're the team we thought they would be from the start of the season. Right, I, that's I, what I'm have, saying. no like, doubt about that. Some but, of that
1: is was out of his – that's a brutal blow that was, it was not his fault.
3: Yes, but it was his fault that he decided to not replace Ian Martinez with a like, there, like there, for like. There point.
1: probably wasn't a lot of Ian There's Martinez wings level. Everywhere.
3: It might not be as good as Ian, but at least he might be a guy in the rotation who could play those spots. Yeah, instead Ian of Martinez,
4: having- how much more does it make it sting that he's doing exactly what you would have guessed? I know. With the, prog- the same sort of – I mean, the competition level is lower, Utah State, but same exact progression you'd expect based on how much he improved last year. He's at 14 a game. He's shooting 54% from the floor
1: and 43 from three-point range. That would Maryland yeah. would be a top twenty-five team right now, maybe if you had that. Yeah. the they biggest thing that was a huge loss.
4: Tournament. That was a huge loss, but the biggest thing is expecting the freshmen to be ready to be Big Ten. But Quality again, Big Ten each, starters right off the bat. You know, I think that's that to me is the biggest by far because.
1: But they both slide down a spot if Martinez comes in, and you're relying on them less. Or true. if you so, get,
3: or if you go get, you know, they again, you know the it's been talked about enough that they, they thought they were going to get Justin Moore from Villanova before Villanova came through and gave him a bunch of, you know, a boatload of cash. But like you go and get another starter quality guy in the portal, as opposed to expecting the freshman to come in and be starters that bumps them down too. Right. So yeah, there but- were, there were things that could be done. I think it's fair to say there are things that could be done. There was some bad luck. Yes. I'm willing really, at this point. We're here, man. And it's what at, yeah, at
4: least there's some some potential excitement right. to talk about. We're not because a month ago it was a short thing that we it would be talking about them playing out the string at this point. There's nothing worse than that. Like absolutely nobody I mean, nobody it, wants to watch. So there's nothing for us to say. There's no, you know, but now was, they've you know they've got a and they've got a whole week in between games here. So they should go into Michigan State rested and ready to go. Michigan State's very beatable. Maryland should have beat them at home. Um, so at least there's possibilities now because nothing worse than the team you follow or the team you cover or cheer for or whatever going into March Madness when they're not in it just takes a whole but, a, a lot of
1: oomph out of uh, the tournament. Absolutely. Well, they beat Michigan State. It's on. At that point, it's on. They're, they're back on the bubble at that point.
4: I you mentioned Jameer. Like Jameer Ben Dixon had a really good article on the site uh about Jameer's stats, where he ranks all-time. So he's his season average right now would put him 11th all-time in school history for a single season. And his career average, which is a little stilted because he came in as a grown man, you know, other guys, four-year guys obviously aren't going to average as much during their freshman, sophomore year, but his career average is sixth all-time uh, at Maryland right now. And then you add what, what Julian Reese is doing, that's the only thing keeping him from, I think, seven straight double-doubles is three games in that stretch where he had nine rebounds exactly. He's been killing it inside. Just like last year, all of a sudden, the light is kind of turned on where he realizes how strong he is and he, he, that he can insert himself down there. And he's been pretty physically dominant. You know, the only key thing keeping his scoring numbers down is that he doesn't. he's probably getting eight or nine shots a game on average lately. Um and then you add in Dante Scott, who's been at you know about 14 points a game on around 50% from three-point shooting for the past seven or eight games. It's hard to imagine there's many teams in college basketball. It'd be interesting to see how many teams are getting that much from their top three. Uh, you just need the other guys to to help out like they did uh against Nebraska.
3: Jahari yeah, Long,
4: you, Jahari Long's a good too. He's J- out. Jahari
3: Long has been quietly very good this season i mean even when he was just coming off the bench and giving you a a really good 15 like he's really made some clutch threes being able to be a backup ball handler like i would actually feel i don't i don't know if i'd be super excited if he was the starter next year but he's certainly a guy you want on the team next year because he can really take the load off at the one and the two um that certainly gives me a little bit more hope about the future as well um and really the team three-point shooting is at least Starting to maybe click up a little bit. I mean, again, if you're if you're if you're going to be an elite defensive team, which they seem to be at this point, you just can't be historically bad from three. You just got to be decent from three, and you can see how that opens up the inside for Juju when they start hitting a couple buckets, and teams really have to defend out there. The whole offense gets better. So. It, if they can just bump it up a little bit, man. I mean, you can't be three hundred thirtieth or something in in D one from three and win basketball games. You just can't do it. If you can do it from two hundredth, maybe, right? Hundred fiftieth. Can they get up there? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah.
4: Well, and they're elite defensively. Talking- the, the, the bad losses and the bad losses and the offensive struggles kind of uh, make you not appreciate how good they've been defensively. I think that they're. What like twelfth now on Ken Palm and
3: defensive efficiency yeah, 15th nationally, Fifteenth or something like that. It, they're, they're, yeah. they're up there. And and I didn't believe the stats when I was watching earlier in the season, but as the season goes on, you can see that they really they're really tough to score against. So again, that's if, if they can find a way to sneak in the tournament, like with Jameer doing what Jameer does, I mean that's that's a guy who can carry you for a little while. So it's you know, if, if they can string a few wins together, I think I don't think they're directly on the bubble if they beat Michigan State. But I I agree with Larry that I I think certainly they will they will get some attention and it'll be close to it. That's for sure. They'll
1: yeah. be they'll jump when the Ken Palm and they're in the mid fifties. I bet you they jump to the high forties, which is they're, certainly on the bubble. Their and, net's
3: still kind of poopy though, isn't it? It's right like in the eighties or whatever. And Torvik
1: yeah. has that thing, the team cast thing, and I just did it while you were talking they would jump 10 spots in his ranking just from beating Michigan State
3: hmm. yeah they've so, got some they've got a couple good road wins they've got the one at Indy at Illinois too like I mean they I, I think that game and
1: it also not only that sorry I said not interrupt that sorry but they would they need to go seven and three we're saying well going six and three is a lot easier than seven three especially with the schedule so it, true. it that game I don't know if it's the season, but it's huge.
4: It's certainly I'm shocked. Huge. Uh I'm shocked that Larry hasn't busted out a spreadsheet with each game and asked us our percentage uh confidence on each game. I haven't
1: been doing it for basketball because one, we've been too discouraged matter. and not doing shows <laughs> and like they've been losing. And it's like, how fun is that? So I, I did I just didn't do it for basketball. And the funniest part about that is before the uh it was, I don't remember, I think it was after Asheville. Hogie sent me a text and it was his percentage chance for every game the rest of the year. And it was all very low. Because remember, we had him doing it for football. Mm-hmm. So he yep. said it, it was very low. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing this for basketball. So sorry. <laughs> but yeah, because it was so discouraging. It was like, I don't I don't want to do this. It's making me upset. And, and I'm, we want I'm to go. announce, um, do we want to pick a winner for the well, I was gonna I was gonna do that. You guys were on a roll and I didn't want to interrupt, but yeah, we do have some housekeeping to take. I off. just before you do that, <laughs> I wanna
3: say one thing and I I wanna tell you my my nightmare scenario right now okay. is looking at that Penn State game
0: at oh, Penn man. State
3: mm-hmm. on March 10th. If they're oh. if they're looking for that number seven or you know, that number eight even. Oh man, I I don't know. I might I might need to go on on blackout for that. Yeah, I I, might, I, I just yeah, sit, sit in the room with by myself with you know no exposure to the outside world because Penn State is a work. house
4: of horrors. You know, it's for Maryland. It's it's all those insane fans and traditions and everything at Penn State home basketball games is just Maryland hasn't been able to overcome. Right?
3: It's like that annoying like uh like like lion roar thing you know, like that they play every two seconds. Maybe it's like it's that. Um, yeah. It's like that sonic thing that like um, took out all the embassy people in Havana that they can't explain. It's, it's like either some that or of...
4: like the echo of the ball bouncing and nobody being. There yeah. Like, the, like that, that cold early
3: morning, empty gym sound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's that similar to like when you're, when the Orioles or whoever's playing at Yankee stadium and you strike out and they play the, you know, what I'm talking about that whistle. I don't. You
4: know, that you is the only similar time. kind of thing. <laughs> the only similar time kind of Penn anyway.
3: State
1: will be compared to
4: uh, Yankees in terms of home court advantage.
3: The only time I've ever been to Yankee <laughs> Stadium was to watch Maryland beat the crap out of Virginia Tech in football. So um, I was I'm there I'm with you. With that. Yeah, and that was that was a beautiful day. It was lovely. That was that was a very
1: very beautiful thing. Yeah. So our guest Walt Williams will be joining us in just over five minutes. Yeah.
3: yeah let's let's and give something away. Yeah.
1: Let's give something away. You know what? Um,
4: I, I hate contests where there's only one winner and winner takes all, and there's no nothing else. So let's pick a second one, and we'll give them uh, six months on the site. The, oh, the problem
1: for me is that I never got an email with a list of people. So,
4: oh, Alex, said he <laughs> sent it over to you? Really? <laughs> yeah. You, have, you might have. You might have mentioned this to me before the show, Young, young Lawrence. Uh, I mean, I'm
1: looking right now. I was going to pull it up, but
3: it's just check, not. check your spam folder. Let
1: me check my spam folder. What's his name? Alex. No.
3: Nope. All right. So why don't we just pick AOL? some random names?
1: <laughs> yes. My my infamous AOL. Let All me right. look at... If um, your name is Bob,
3: congratulations. You just won courtside tickets to Illinois uh, on February 17th. First one to tag us in wins.
1: Well... Can we just keep them? Let's just let's do. It. <laughs> Can I use them? Just tell them. Yeah, yeah let's just, that's yeah. what I'm saying.
3: That's fine. Me and Larry yeah. will well, sit I don't know down. I do these we'll people look pretty. I don't
4: know if these people would be happy because they raised uh, twenty five hundred bucks okay. for twenty five hundred dollars worth of donations. So
1: we should. Probably All right. give it away. we got to give. We want to do it, but yeah, I don't. I don't.
3: All right. Well, we'll 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 check back. In. We got. We'll be here for another forty five minutes, probably. So we'll check back in on that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get it. We'll do it.
4: Do it after Walt.
3: Northwestern's giving Purdue a game, by the way. If you're uh, if you're watching live right now, well,
4: they already beat them once this year, didn't they?
3: Yeah, this is at Purdue, tied up with uh, eleven change left. Chris Collins, I used to
4: dog the hell out of him because he just didn't seem very good, but he's he's having. He's got uh, it. I think. I mean, we'll see once Boo Booey is gone because it's all coincided with having him. Mm-hmm. Which you know you know how that usually goes. It's nice, but, to, nice to
3: have a cheat code.
4: Yeah, I mean he's really good, but. Uh, He's kinda of, he's he's been pretty good the past
1: two years. It hasn't been only him because what was it four years ago they made their first tournament? He was what was he a freshman? Uh, that's not even playing like yet. Six, no. that's yes, and he like wasn't six, even seven, there for that. So he's well, turned around a program that yeah, never the that was a
4: team that beat Maryland at, at mm-hmm. uh Verizon. So that's like two thousand seventeen. So
1: Julia Louise Dreyfus was in the crowd. Her son was on the team. Her son yeah. was
0: on the team, yeah. paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation
3: yeah i i think i think collins is the type of guy who like like i would never want to hire him like for the next job like a up a tier but he certainly seems like a guy who's going to get the most out of a job like that i've always kind of felt like he's you know He's going to get you to the tournament most of the time, and for Northwestern, that's got to be a plus. But- yeah, I mean,
4: he's um, not great overall, but when you compare him to the other Coach K legacies, he's pretty good because those guys have they largely failed.
1: I have a list. Keep talking. I'm working on it. Oh, I'm you have a list. A okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be ready to randomize in a minute here.
4: Oh, you send it over. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm working on it putting it in a spreadsheet, right? You see my my nickname today.
3: See, he can't even like just go online and get a randomizer. He has to pull up a spreadsheet and dump the info in a spreadsheet and then randomize it in the spreadsheet. Like, yeah, that's dedication to the game. I appreciate that in a way.
1: All right. I am going to hang on. I'm gonna sort. There are 64 people. I'm gonna sort them and then one of you guys is gonna pick a number. I'm sorting them randomly.
3: You guys we'll each to... pick a number. Jeff, Are your there... number, your number wins is... the court sides, and my right. number wins the, the six-month free subscription. How about that?
1: Okay, I have them randomized. Jeff, you Paul, you go first because yours is the lesser. Okay. So you pick a number one through sixty-four.
3: One is sixty-four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with number 64 because that's how many teams should be in the tournament every year.
1: Michael Foley.
3: Congrats, Michael Foley.
1: Michael Foley has won, won the one-year subscription, Six months. correct? Six
3: months, right? Six You're, months, sorry.
1: Yep. Reach out months. to me
4: on the site, Twitter, email, whatever I his,
1: else. I have his email. I'll send it to you. There we go. Jeff, you pick a number now, and this is for the two court side seats
4: um three has always been my lucky number so we'll go three
1: charles zubrod charles zubrod
3: z-u-b-r-d all right chuck charles show up in the gear look good on the sideline trip an opposing player i, I didn't say that i mean but ain't, you know
4: paint the url to the website on your forehead since you won the ticket through us please and, uh, and at
3: least get at least give us a, a twitter handle or something you know at least some sort of you know, you can like just put patches on your shirt or whatever. Like we'll figure a way to work that out.
4: Yep. And thanks to everybody who, who jumped in. I know that the Turtle NIL guys really appreciate it. Gives them an idea how strong our community is. I think last time we did it, we've done this twice. Last time we raised $3,500 in less than uh, 24 hours for the Purdue game. So. Yeah, and while sure we're the- waiting
1: for Walt, how can people get involved with the Turtle NIL? Let's do that. Uh. Turtlenil.org,
4: I believe, is the homepage. We'll post it. We'll post the links in the in the chat for anybody who wants to check it out. But they're obviously, you know, with the current current uh, landscape of college sports, NIL is enormous. So everything that they raise is helps, you know, player retention and recruiting, obviously. So.
3: It's so important, and again, like everything else, it, it feels like it's easier if you just have a bunch of billionaires sitting on the sideline. But you know, a couple thousand people just giving a little bit it does the same job, man. And everybody's yeah. everybody's giving money for various different things, a little bit here, a little bit there. You add it up, things get things get weird. Weird. So if you can we give, have, great. If we you have you been joined, or not. We have been joined
1: by our guest. <laughs> Here's someone who could help us get Derek <laughs> Queen. Here's someone who has the funds to help us get Derek Queen. What are you doing about that? Well, Marker? and
3: and he's got that investment experience too, man. Maybe we could work out some sort of endowment or something. We gotta.
0: So that's funny that you guys say that. So look, listen here. So right here, you see, you see here, Clutch Vodka. Yes, sir. Let me give a quick plug right quick before I go into it. It's gluten free, no sugars, no carbs. It's (laughs) organically filtered. And check this out. We have partnered with One Maryland Collective, right? Uh, The the NIL sponsor for uh, University of Maryland Athletics. And so every bottle purchase, we have a portion of the sale going back. To Maryland Athletics uh, through uh, One Maryland Collective, uh, we wanted to be a part of giving back, and we wanted to provide an opportunity for the community to be a part of that as well. So, just felt like uh, you know we could help in terms of raising money and and uh, you know uh, um, uh, giving scholarships to those guys, man, helping us be stronger in our recruiting efforts.
1: You literally are helping to get Derek Queen. I was joking, but you are actually doing <laughs> it. trying to do my part, man. Yeah, uh,
3: I'm, I'm just gonna have to drink more clutch vodka then, man. I gotta do my part too. You know, I don't know if yeah. I can
4: drink any more of a human. I don't know if it's human I put it in my cereal now instead of it all. so I can't oh, really get any I don't know if God. I can
1: do I'm just imagining mm. eating cereal with vodka. Oh
3: well it's, hey, gluten, your- gluten and sugar free, man. It could it could work. Mm-hmm. Well
1: Actually now I'm thinking about like putting some fruit loops in there and then it's just kind of like cherry vodka. Fruity That's
3: not Pebbles. That bad. Fruity, fruity Pebbles. pebbles we could infuse that with some fruity pebbles, man. I, oh, yeah.
1: I'm Yeah. Hmm. You, you guys got, should be like the Ben and Jerry's of vodka and just have all these like weird crazy all flavors. All these flavors weird. Yes. <laughs> That's what you could do. Walt, things just are fun. looking better, my man. We've been texting
0: about it. Yeah. they're starting to turn it around. What's going on? I mean you know they've been they've been solid on the uh, on the defensive end pretty much all season. but I would say in these last few games they've been picking it up and and, and gotten into a, uh, a offensive rhythm. So you know uh, if they can do that, they, they're gonna be a problem because they're one of the best uh, defensive teams in the country, especially when we're in an environment where it's guard oriented. Uh, the strength of our defensive prowess is on a perimeter. we got so many guys. Uh, that that can play well on that end so when we face teams that that's guard oriented which is most teams we can cause problems for them on the offensive end but our problem has been in the past that we can't take advantage of it on the offensive end but as of late we have been able to do that
4: well does it seem like there's not that there were problems earlier but at least on court more chemistry like the ball was really moving I thought against Nebraska the guys seem to be Playing, not that they weren't giving effort earlier, but they're playing really hard in every game, which to me is a little bit unusual. You know, usually teams that struggle like they did a lot of times, you don't see that high level of effort continue. What do you think? You know, it's kind of led to this. What do you, what do you feel like the potential is now if they can continue to kind of make these strides?
0: Well, I can tell you, just playing a game. Sometimes when you're consistently missing, it, 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 uh, after a while, it's not just a miss. It start to be a little demoralizing at times. Yeah. And so that can seep in and, and affect your effort level at times, you know, and that's just the human element of it all. When you see that ball go through the hole, it just gives you this energy. You know, I don't know what it is, but that's, it happens that way. And so I think when, when they started seeing the ball go through the hole, you know, that energized them even more. And and that helped them move that ball faster and just have confidence in, in each other and knowing that, you know, they're going to get good shots, you know, um, uh when you talk about the last time we played michigan state you know just too many turnovers you know and that has been a downfall in a in a a number of our games just keeping the the turnover keeping keeping those down uh really gives us chance uh, gives us a chance especially if we're struggling on offense
3: hey walt so i'm curious because you've got this primo seat when you do home games kind of right near the bench so like As you watch the freshmen grow up, not just in terms of on the court, but off the court, working with the guys, like what have you seen from them in terms of the way that they look, they play, they're acting now compared to four or five months ago when they first joined up with the team? Do you feel like they're really starting to feel themselves a little bit, like to the point where, you know, it's almost like you're not even freshmen anymore at this part of the season? You're more sophomores, you more feel like part of the college experience like you're a little more grown up like what are your thoughts from what you've seen just being up close there
0: you you absolutely uh grow up in that scenario I think uh Deshaun Harris Smith he's probably a little bit more ahead of the curve in terms of his comfort level out there because you know he plays more minutes um but I think that when you look at the take for instance Kaiser Jr uh early on in the season he used to come in the game and I mean he's launching it from 40 feet, you know, thinking he's Steph Curry just stepping on the floor into the game. And uh, you have to understand, you, you know, you watching TV, you're playing video games. That's not you. That's somebody else, you know. And so you got to <laughs> understand that you got to get into a rhythm out here, shoot normal three-pointers, and then you get into a rhythm there, you can start to step it out some if, you know, you, you're in a rhythm and you, and you have that type of range. And so I think that Over time, he's understood that he's understood that, you know, uh, his footwork and and preparation before he gets the ball, you know, he's a little bit more focused on that. And in that game, when he hit uh, four threes, you can see the first two shots when he when he caught the ball, he was ready before the ball came. And and consequently, he was able to get his footwork together. And that's and it's a good shot. And so I think that uh, he's starting to understand those things and it's allowing him uh, to get into a rhythm. Um, uh Deshaun, I think that, you know, uh, early on guys were pushing up on him. He was able to get to the basket a little easier. Uh, they started to realize he's not that good of a shooter. So they're backing off of him now and understanding that he doesn't go right uh, a lot. And so he he has to uh, make the adjustment a little bit more of when he drives to the basket, get into that paint. He can take advantage of guys, you know, make up that space that they're giving you and you can take advantage of guys in the paint rather than kicking it out to to guys who are non three point shooters. So he has that that added maturation that he has to make on the offensive end. But, you know, defensively, he's been probably the best uh, defensive player um, um, that we've had uh, consistently throughout the season.
1: Walt, I originally had written kind of a long question for this with a lot of exposition. And I decided, <laughs> let me cut this down. I'm gonna ask you this Just very open down, man.
3: <laughs> very yeah, get, open. Get, and- get comfortable. I've got a three-minute question. Here it
0: goes.
1: <laughs> let me
0: ask, oh, very open-ended.
1: What is your outlook for this program under Kevin Willard?
0: Well, when I see him early on, I see him as a guy who's very energetic, very passionate about the game. And you see that with his teams on a defensive end. Um, so I think that this team, his teams will be consistently um, good on a defensive end. Uh, uh, the thing he, they have to do a better job in is uh, making sure they're focused on the offensive abilities as well in their recruiting and in their um and the, uh, the growth of the players and practices and things like that, simulating game speed as much as possible so that these guys can make a seamless transition. You know, uh, when you're playing in high school, every time you move a step up, um, how much time you have shrinks. So how much time you had to shoot the ball in high school is not going to be the same in college. It has to be a little bit quicker. And uh, so you have to prepare for that. You have to get used to that. And, um, you know, I think that, you uh, know, uh, the, the talent that uh, these guys have, uh, they can get that done a little bit quicker in the season.
4: Well, two guys asked you about one Julian Reese. It seems like last year, right around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, he really started to come in his own and realize, figure out how big and strong he is and more assert himself more. He seemed, he really seems to have done that lately. I'm just curious if you've noticed that progression from him from courtside and also Jahari Long, a guy we talked about before the show, you know, not, not the greatest shooter, the best athlete, whatever, but he he's just seems to me to be a winning kind of guy. He's going to move the ball quickly. He's he's giving them a spark at times offensively lately when they – you know, like early in the um, Iowa game when they were struggling. Just want to get your thoughts on those two guys.
0: Well, let me start with Jahari Long. I mean, I think that he's definitely been one of the guys who's been consistent on the defensive end. That's why he comes in the, into the game early. He's one of the first guys off the bench – but I tell you what, the last four or five games or so, I mean, that dude's been shooting the lights out. He's he's looked like the best shooter on our team in that time frame. So, I mean, just blind your eyes away that form look, but that thing <laughs> was going in, I'm telling the, you.
4: The guide hand comes off the ball a little early. And then you look in the, you can tell by the spin and then in the photos, there's it's just one hand and this hand's over here. Hey, like if it goes
0: in, then, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. That's all that matters, man. It's going in, and it's been going in at a at a high rate. He's been consistent out there, and you can see his confidence growing. He's going to the back, being more aggressive to get to the basket as well, just to just to make plays. And he's gaining that confidence from the way he's shooting the ball. You can see that when the ball is swung, he has no hesitation now. You know, he just feels he's going to make it. So he's, he's playing very confident out there. He looks good. You know, he's one of the mainstays coming off that bench, and he's been consistent for us. Um, In terms of Juju, I mean, I just think he has the world of talent Um, to me. I just want him to have a little bit more sense of urgency when he get that ball, just, just quick movements and going at guys. Um, I think he has a lot of times where he's in that paint area. So at times to me, he's a, he's a bit too unselfish. Um, You know, he has that ball in the paint area and he's, he's a guy that can get into a rhythm and be dominant around that paint area. And so, um, you know, I would like to see him, uh, uh, in the beginning of games, starting off the game, being a little bit more aggressive when he has those opportunities. Sometimes he get double-teamed, and absolutely, you want to pass it to your to your guys and get great shots. But I think he's one of the few guys on the team that creates those mismatches, creates a double-team, and consequentially make the game easier uh, for his teammates. So, he can do a lot of things. He's been consistent, uh, dominating on the glass, you know, and so uh, I, I like that. That shows toughness to me when you can do that dirty work and he's been consistent, you know, almost averaging double figures, you know, up there. So majority of the games he's gotten double figures and rebounds. So um, I think he's definitely made some strides from last year.
3: So, Walt, if you look at the rest of the season, they got 10 Big Ten games left. If you talk to the nerds, they'll tell you they probably need six, seven, maybe eight to get on the bubble and give themselves a shot of the tournament. Do you feel like they get that done and how do they do it?
0: Um, I, see, I think you—if you go um, eleven and 9, 12 and eight in the Big Ten, I believe that you know you you'll have a chance to go t- to the tournament. I don't think you can be five hundred unless you go into the Big Ten tournament and win some games. You know, no. but I think in regular season in the regular season, if you can have a winning record in the Big Ten, I think you you have a good chance of, uh, of getting to the dance. So right now we at what five hundred right now? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, it's just about finishing out, you know, winning about two or three more games than we lose. And, uh, you know, I think we put ourselves in a good position. And this year, ironically enough, I mean, Purdue is a dominant team, you you could say. But um, other than that, I mean, maybe Illinois. You know, I, I think that, you know, this year is it's more uh, parity than any other year that I can think of from top to bottom. You know, it's usually the top four or five, you know, that's that upper echelon. But to me, this year is not that way. I think any of these teams can be beaten by anyone. And so uh, I think that the Terps have a great chance down the stretch because, you know, defense travels. They do that. And so, you know, if, if they can keep their confidence up and, and make plays offensively, you know, J- Jameer, in times when they're not able to score as a team, he they have the element of a guy who could take over a game, and so uh, yeah, the Turks, you know, they look pretty good uh, running down a stretch to me uh, in this Big Ten ter- in this Big Ten conference.
1: Well, we're a few years into the new NIL rules, the opening of the transfer rules. Um, how do you feel about the current state of college basketball? Is, is this model sustainable? Do you <laughs> see any changes coming? How do you feel about all of that?
0: Well, I think it's good and bad to it all. You know, um, I think when you have the AAU environment, um, that kind of changes things. Um, I've seen situations where you have the, the coaches or the people running the organization have uh, relationships. And so the kid is not necessarily, it's not necessarily always a great fit for the kid, you know, maybe for the, for the organization. So I think that that, is a great thing that you're able to say. Oh, okay, this wasn't right for me. Let me move myself to a scenario that does work for me. So I like that that part of it. Um, also, I like that you know, hey, they get paid, man. I think um, our president in the past, uh, President Cho, he he would always say when he when he gave speeches, he would always say uh, the athletics is the front porch uh, to the university, and I, I believe that. I, I believe that's true. Um, and, and so uh, the success of the, the program is, is important, you know, so, I, you know, I, I just think that uh, uh, y- you have to be able to um, uh, uh, make sure we're consistent in our recruiting efforts. You have the high school, you have the prep school, now you have the portal. And, uh, you know, I think that the downfall of the portal is um it's kind of a, it's kind of created a pro environment when you have the NIL and then a portal where guys can just move around seamlessly, right? And so in the past, uh, uh, what happens is, is that a scholarship has never been for four years. It's always annually renewed, right? But it was always understood it was four years because no organization, no coach wanted to say, here, I'm offering you a scholarship and then take that back. How are you gonna be able to recruit other players, right? Mm-hmm. In this environment, it's all good because hey, we're getting you money, you going to portal, you you go wherever you want. So now you have these coaches that come to the kid and say, Hey, I need you. I need you to move on because I need that scholarship to go recruit somebody else. I don't think you can help me. And then that is not a bad thing in this environment, you know, because it is kind of a pro-style environment. So it has its good and bad. I think when you talk about NIL, guys will leave early because they chase that money. Now when you pay these kids in college, I think it will lend to them staying in college longer and um, uh, ultimately uh, more getting uh, degrees.
4: Well, it's a good thing they didn't have NIL and the portal back in the day because we'd be talking to a former UNLV star, Walt. And, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that big paper, baby.
1: That big paper. Jeff, you're forgetting they did offer them the big paper. Yeah, the big it was paper, UNLV. Paper. You know no. they
3: offered some money. He said yeah.
1: no. He already admitted that last time. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got
3: it. You got to give us a number sometime, man. One of these days. <laughs> we'll have he enough. Much, much. We'll, we'll have enough clutch vodka
0: that we'll get a number yeah. out of him.
1: How do you think he got his seed money for clutch vodka? <laughs>
0: hey. Yeah. hey, that table was blocking that number, man. We was underneath <laughs>
1: back then. <laughs>
4: well, that was <laughs> a big <laughs> table. I'm gonna go with an offbeat one. The younger fans might not know, but you had a great not only college, but also NBA career. I'm not going to ask you who the best player you played against because I know it's going to probably be Jordan. Who's the best player you ever gave it to that you just put, like, 25 on? Who's the best player uh, you had, like, a great game against that you
0: can recall? That's tough. Um, I would probably say um, I had some good games against uh, Clyde Drexler. I had some good games against uh, Chris Mullin, you mm-hmm. know. So Chris Mullin, he was a good defensive player. So, you know, he'd give it back to me on the other end. So it was like tip for <laughs> tat. <tack. laughs> But um yeah uh and who's the who's the hardest to guard? Oh man, I got two guys for that. Um maybe three. Um so Danny Manning I would kinda put in this category. Um, but uh Jamal Mashburn and Big Dog Glenn Robinson. The 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 um thing about those three were uh Danny Manning was a 6'11", 6'10", small forward, right? So he was you know, two, three inches taller, but the similar similarity between those three is no matter what play you called, no matter what play the coach called, no matter who it was for, whenever they touched it, play was off. Bam, he, they would go at you every every single time. You had to be ready every time those dudes touched the ball. And you know, Big Dog, he could just he he made um, he just made a high rate of shot of contested shots. You know, you could be all over him, and uh, he he was just consistent at making those type of shots. And, you know, Mashburn was really good at – he had that slow-motion game. He had a nice crossover. He was physical. You know, he'd body you and then fade and create that space. So he was really good at uh, creating space. So both of those guys put you in a position where, you know, you, your defense wouldn't didn't really stop them. You would just kind of hope that they missed. And, you know, you got some. you have some guys in that league that are so offensively talented that's what it is, you know. It's not really the, the defense of what you're doing against them. You're just saying, "Hey, I'm looking good out here," and I just hope. They- <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and that's what good too. And
0: and that's what I was be-
1: gonna say, that- the player you gave it to was Sean Bradley.
4: <laughs> you know what? Though everybody gave it to Sean Bradley. I don't know if anybody's ever been dunked
1: on more. Yeah, but Walk gave it to him in a little different way than everybody else did. I don't know how you reached him, man. It's like this. <laughs>
3: it needed a step stool.
0: I had to jump up in the air, man.
3: <laughs> no, it's interesting. Well, just because those three guys were such different players, too. I mean, with Danny being long and lean, Jamal Mashroom was kind of a big guard, really. And then Big Dog was just a brick shit house at six eight, right? So that kind of spoke to your versatility that you had to defend all three of those dudes.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, that, that especially the small forward position. I mean, uh, so you so back in the day, you you, you your one and twos, they would mostly dominate the perimeter. Uh, your points are creating, uh, kind of off the dribble game, two guards coming off screens and and you know things like that. The, the power forward would have a mid range to a, a, a nice a nice uh, range on his jump shot, but worked around the basket a little bit as well. And then the big worked around the basket. The small forward he did all of those things, you know, and so. Every night, you know, you garden dudes like Dudley Shrimp, you know, this dude shoot threes, this dude off the dribble, he post game. I mean, so it was just like pick your poison and majority of the small force, especially on the west side, you know, they were big six nine, six ten and just so versatile. You know, it was it was tough every night. Did you come across Larry Bird before he retired? No, no I'm not that old, brother. <laughs>
3: yeah. I knew I knew he retired in ninety two or ninety three, <laughs> I didn't remember. Um yeah. So let me give you one last fun one before uh before we get let you go. Um so Jameer Young, obviously having one of the best point guard seasons, certainly we've seen in a long time. How would you compare him to the to the the Turk point guard greats in the last couple of decades? You know, the, the Cowans, the Trimbles, the Grievouses, even uh in terms of how he's playing right now.
0: Well, the similarity in those four. So let's just go with those four guys, right? So um what's similar about all of them is uh, they understand that hey, my 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 guys are struggling out here. It was time. Let me take over this game. All of those guys had that that kind of ability and had that mentality, right? I would say grievous was more of a facilitator. He could see the floor better than those guys, along with his scoring. Um, I think that when you talk about Jameer Cowan, and, and Mello, um, all of them are to me on the same plane in terms of floor vision. Uh, but I thought that uh, Revis excelled in that part. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that Jameer is really good in the paint. Uh, Mello was as well. Um, I think, though, after his freshman year, when they stopped, uh, when the, you know, Big Ten coaches complaining about the flailing, I, I think he it stopped him from getting to the free throw line a lot. So that affected his ability to score as much as he did early on. So I would get, I would say, Jameer is probably the better. Um, in the paint, when you're talking about uh Cowan and Mello, uh, but I think Cowan probably, uh, you know, uh, those guys could shoot, but I, I would say Mello, you know, none of them was, were great shooters, but I, I just think, um, you know, I would say Mello and then Cowan maybe. And I would say Jameer third or when I was three. But at the separation, the degree of separation is just so small when you talk about every aspect of the game. And one of them is going to lead that category. You know, it's a different person almost in every category who leads it. So, uh, you know, um, you, you just get great point guards from this area, man, because uh, at the ground level, they all are tough. We all tough. You know, we come from a background where – you know, you, you playing out here. You playing pickup games and street ball, and just the environment in general. You know, the week does not survive here, and so uh, we we have that mentality when you step out on the course so It was fearless, a fearless energy that you bring to the table, and uh, you adapt to whatever environment you're in, and uh, you just have this competitive nature where you want to be the best. And so that's I think that spearheads how uh, we all get better over the course of the years.
1: Walt, normally we end the interview with Phil in the blank. We're going to do true or false this time. Uh, Five true or false. You right. say true or false. You can expound if you want to, but here we go. True or false. You were on the Mount Rushmore of Maryland basketball.
0: Absolutely true. <laughs> I
1: thought you were going to say that, <laughs> and I agree no with call, you. No, no, no question. <laughs> Number two, this year's team would play better if they pulled their socks up.
0: Oh come on, man! That's another easy question. Give me some tougher <laughs> questions. Of course they would, man. You never, all right. see, you never see a dude with high socks that can't get buckets. Hey, on I, that I, note,
4: tell you what, I, I rocked them in high school, man. Because of you, you and Lawrence Moten and those guys.
0: Every time I get excited, like my well, we all know my boy Lawrence Moten used to get buckets.
1: <laughs> hey, you you were on the show, and it wasn't you with the technical problem this time. Water was Jeff. <laughs> There we the go. Beep guys,
4: the beep guys. The beep guys. Hey, so Walt, excited. when are we getting so, the reminiscing got me so excited? But no, me, me and my whole crew, we all wore tall socks because of because of you and Moten. So I don't I can't. Well, I can't Walt, Walt you're a
3: businessman. When when are we getting the sock brand? Yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. Uh, I mean, you know, hey, we figured something out. All right, let's talk about that. I'll have my, my yeah. people talk to your people.
0: Yeah. All mm-hmm. right, number three. Have, if it was the nil back in the day, we'd already had it, man. Yeah,
3: you got sponsors number, on that bad boys all up and down, right?
0: Nice.
3: We are number three. You were
1: too old
0: to dunk a basketball. Right now? Yeah. Oh man, I got two hand dunk that thing, baby. Trust. Get <laughs> okay. it back, really? whatever you try to do.
3: Hey, hey, I want video. Let's let's yes. let's get let's get a video, <laughs> video, and we will play that every episode. <laughs> Walt still can, slamming it. That no, be.
4: It can be a commercial. we Can take a sip of clutch, there you like, go. <laughs> like pumping the Reebok pumps instead of that. You just, yeah. you know.
3: See, we we up, got, got all the ideas, Walt. You need if you need yeah, consultation. Great ideas. ideas.
1: You need you us. Call
0: us up. Yes, I do. Man. Number four, you do not have any pets. I do not. I do not have any pets. My kids, my sons, they've been asking me for years, but this <laughs> is what I know. Okay. I'm gonna be the one who I have to clean up, and honor. Yeah. that's what I know. No, we're not going through it. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is that number. Is
3: some, that is some wisdom from the wizard, my friends.
1: Number true. five,
0: the best vodka in the world it's Clutch Vodka. Clutch Vodka. Listen, follow us on X at Clutch Spirits and on IG Facebook at Clutch Vodka. Hey, you can follow me too. I'm on uh, X and IG. Walk the Wizard Forty Two, man.
1: There we go. And I wanted to show you one comment we got. This is a sentiment that is felt throughout the program. It's from Johnny Terrapin. It says, thank you for staying, Wiz. We owe everything to you as Terps, Hoops, Lifelong fans. Anybody who was around at that time, and I was, you saved the program. We all swear by it. You are a hero to all of us. You said you did save the program. I stick by that, too. So Uh, I wanted to throw that up
0: there. Every time I hear that, it's so humbling. You know." I had so much fun at the University of Maryland. I couldn't imagine, imagine playing anywhere else. I don't even understand how these dudes go one and done, but I had so much fun in college, man.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so, uh, and then, you know, University of Maryland, it's like a family to me. You know, a lot of the guys are still around. Um, you know, the, the restaurant owners on Route 1 and all of that stuff, man. It was really a family environment. And, uh, you know, everybody looked out for, for us. And so it, it was cool. It was a cool to be a part of. Tark needed to send you some more money then, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Walt. Everybody go buy some Clutch Vodka. Follow yeah. Clutch on Twitter, X, whatever. Follow Walt right. on Twitter, X. <laughs> and we love having you on, Walt. You are you and Naki, we got to say you guys are our two favorites to come on the show. So we're just thankful that you, you're always willing to join us.
3: And you're
0: just a joy to have. So thank hey, you. Anytime I can be mentioned in the same sentence as Naki, I know it's a <laughs> good day.
3: <laughs> see, I feel the opposite. Anytime I mention the same sentence as Naki, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. You know what I mean?
1: But I'm glad you all right, y'all my, have a
0: great relationship. All right, guys. Or my Thank friend, you. All right. maybe we'll you.
1: see you at the tournament. We'll join you out there. We'll do a live remote show Here wherever you go. they go. There. Maybe all maybe. Right, see you well.
0: Hey, Listen, every time, I, I, so many people that hit me up and say, hey, Walt, can you do the radio? But, you know, so sometimes I can't I can't do it. But whenever you guys say, oh, it's the beat, guys. I am always there, man. Unless it's just extraordinary circumstances, y'all. We y'all, love guys, it. guys, man. We I love it, Walt. That day. It, <laughs> we love oh, it. Shit. Thank you. We appreciate you, Walt. Absolutely. See uh, you, Walt.
1: I mean, how cool is that guy? Never fails to bring he's the juice. He's the best. So much fun when we have him. He on, is, man. He is everything.
3: It's funny, knew- that, you know. There, there are times when we do this, and I still kind of need to pinch myself a little bit. That I'm just, oh yeah, I'm just gonna interview Walt. Walt Williams, mate, whatever you know, like that well, like yeah. guy's a freaking legend. It's, it's, I knew
1: he was gonna say yes to the Mount Rushmore thing, I knew he because he always has that kind it of is like, also
3: factually true, so that's that's helpful. It's arguable, he always I brings the energy. True. It's amazing,
1: like 99
4: people, 99% of people, myself included, we're just human. Sometimes something happened that day, and you're kind of flat or grouchy. He's one of that he's in the 1% that are just always never happy, always, energetic, on point, you know, it's really uh he's got a great personality.
1: Always, always, always. Yeah,
3: I love it. So buy some buy some clutch vodka, man. We got to we got to get the, we got to sell some clutch vodka. If it's all going to NIL too, we got to we got to work on this. We got to get it. We got to get some advertising, some sponsorships. We got to we got to cater everything with Cl- we're gonna, we're going to we're going to build this big what we need is for you guys right
1: now to give us a like on YouTube or Twitter, X, whatever, Facebook, wherever you are, give us a like, give us a subscribe, do that for us, please. really helps us, helps our algorithms, all that kind of stuff. I don't know exactly how to work, but the more we have and the more people sharing
3: and liking yeah, is, my, is good. My kid, my it's better. know how this works. We, we, we just good. offset that.
1: The only way to follow Walt, only way to do it is with a non-res report. Here we go.
2: Our boy Wheels. everyone, this is Wheels with your Inside Maryland Sports non-revenue sports report. <laughs> wrestling finds itself on a three-match losing streak, but one of those was against top-ranked <laughs> Penn State, and one was on the road at number seven, Ohio State, with a loss at Indiana, sandwiched between. We well, have yeah, good never vibes. never gets easy Not on the road or at home in Big Ten wrestling. <laughs> they head this Friday out to number 10, Minnesota, to try and break their three-game slump. Oh, Women's gymnastics is off to a great start. They're 2-1 that already includes a big 10 win against Rutgers and a narrow loss at another Suck Big it, 10 Rutgers. opponent in Minnesota. They travel Rutgers. they welcome, excuse me, Ohio State on Sunday. Finally, fifth-ranked men's lacrosse team opens on the road at Richmond, number 20 Richmond. The Terps have looked great so far in the preseason. They had two scrimmages, one at home against preseason second-ranked Duke, which they comfortably won. They then traveled to the the hill there at Georgetown and took on number 12, Georgetown. The game was tied at the end of the fourth quarter, 10-10. They played a fifth quarter, which Georgetown won 2-1. Team looks great, though. They should be ready to compete for a Big Ten title women's lacrosse still has another week before they get going, And that's it for your non-revenue sports report. Take care, everyone.
1: Yeah, and just to follow that up, Wheels and I did a lacrosse season preview show. We had Eric Mulliver on the on the show with us. He answered a lot of questions. Pretty cool. And I'm going to drop that. He's been on me to, to drop it, but I wanted to wait until the season was starting. So I'm going to let this show kind of play off through Thursday. I'll probably post that Friday morning. Nice before, before the season starts. So yeah, and Wheels
4: is freaking incredible with the with the lacrosse coverage. If you so like good Mar- if, if you like Marilyn lacrosse, there is nobody covering it half as well as he does. So yeah, makes and
1: we only lost thirty of our percent of our listeners during that. So hey, that's an Not improvement.
3: Bad. Not bad. An Improvement only 30%. Especially after that, that really sad wrestling news. Um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but gymnastics balances it out, that's right. Age. Obviously, balances like the beam, yeah. No, anyway, hey, so, so, so is, is it now time to do the uh Derek Queen update, non update? I, oh, I was gonna forget. say, or are we gonna I save that? Why'd you
4: say that? I, I thought Larry would forget, and I was
3: no, 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 no. I was just gonna say, less no, do recruiting,
1: no. we're gonna do both sides.
3: Which what do you want to start with? Just before we fully move to football and, and, and some decent news over there today. All right, then
1: let's let's close out basketball with our biggest uh most hopeful basketball recruiting news you got,
4: Jeff. I got a brand new update on the site about Derek Queen and some other guys. Uh I think it's pretty encouraging overall. You know, I I wouldn't expect that he's going to drag this out forever. I know people will roll their eyes at that. He has literally
3: much. dragged it out forever at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's to be what i
4: say. Uh, <laughs> I know people will roll their eyes given that it seemed several times like it was coming to an end and didn't, but like the next signing days in April. It's not going to go to April. I somewhat doubt that it'll even go to March. Um, and whereas I was somewhat decreasing in confidence for, you know, him ending in Maryland uh, a month or so ago, I, you know, I've, you have to read the
1: article. I'm going to put a lot, I'm just going to give a little teaser there. Just just read can the I, article. Can I play devil's advocate for a second, Jeff? Sure. So for about four or five months now, it feels like you've been saying, I doubt it goes that much longer. I think it'll be two weeks. So why now? No, not, even say four, think- not
4: even four or five months, more, more like a year, because last year there was a very yeah. real chance of him reclassifying and committing to Maryland, which he'd be a freshman right now, um, didn't happen, obviously. And then it seemed like he was going to sign early and he didn't. So, yeah, you're right. It has continued to extend. But, you know, I've been working the phone pretty hard. I've talked to a few people this week with, with good, uh, pretty good insight, inside insight about his recruitment. So, again, I know it might sound ridiculous after all these other times, but I, I don't think it'll it's not going to go on forever. And I do, I feel like uh, there's definitely reason for optimism for Maryland. Excellent. It's interesting to think, I mean, we've discussed it before you get back Juju next year, assuming you bring him back, that could be a pretty ferocious front court with Julian Reese and Derek Queen. Then you just need uh, obviously some shooters and some other things, but um, it's amazing how much of their fortunes. Again, it's a freshman. So, you know, he's not a proven commodity, but how much their fortunes could turn around if they can go ahead and get him on board, because then it makes it easier to get, you know, other yeah. guys want to come play with them. So, so you're saying yeah.
1: if only, if only if they just get five good basketball players to come next year, they'll be good. I mean, saying? they don't all have, they don't all have to be stars,
4: but they better—you <laughs> no, better, better get some. I mean, I the mean.
3: number is shrinking a little bit as it goes <laughs> yeah. along. It feels right. It was like yeah. seven a couple weeks yeah. ago, and now it's maybe five. So, I mean, when you have
4: it, when you have a really short uh, rotation in terms of guys who are scoring, and then the top three or two of the top three are gone for sure with Jameer Young and Dante Scott, you need a whole lot.
1: Of yeah, firepower.
4: Yeah. So um, transfer portal season is going to be fun to follow.
1: Well, you were going to say something, and I, I was. Got, uh, yeah. yeah,
3: I was just going to say it's it's another like Jeff said, it's another thing. Whereas the season has gotten a little bit better, you can start to imagine next year if you know. Thankfully, Indiana's looked like butt the last couple of weeks, which is probably helping Maryland's cause, and Maryland has looked a lot better in that same time period. So maybe as we are looking at the future, the near future, and thinking, oh, it might not be so bad, you can imagine maybe Derek Queen's camp is also looking at the future and thinking the same thing. So that stuff does kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, And, you know, I guess as long as Maryland's still in it, they're still in it, right? He hasn't committed to Indiana or anywhere else. So onward we go. Those Indiana
4: fans three months ago, Mike Woodson was the only coach in America who could – send a player to the NBA, according to them. And, you know, the best he was, Bobby Knight reincarnated and now they all want him gone. You know, I don't know if he's officially, uh, you know, on the hot seat, but he's definitely in that pre hot seat stage right now for sure.
1: Well, I don't think they're any different than most fan bases, to be honest. I would, I wouldn't really knock him mm-hmm. for, for that. Maryland had fan base has done the same thing with Loxley and, and with Willard out on Willard, and if they win some games, now they're back. And right, like I, I think
3: it's pretty standard. Some fairness you know, to that. that that's are a particularly, particularly volatile fan base, I would say. But yeah, every, there, yeah there, it, it's a version. It's a version of that for sure.
4: There's yeah. levels to it. There's definitely yeah. levels to it. Trust me, I deal with them on on Twitter. They despise me because of whatever. But um, there, I mean, I, you have to respect how hardcore they are. Like there's few teams in America. It's kind of like Nebraska football. They could be mediocre or bad for 15 years in a row and it will not matter. It will not affect fan interest at all. So you have to, you got to respect the passion. Uh,
1: They're just, they're just a little crazy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little little jealous of that part. Yeah. I've been to Bloomington, I think eight times because my son went there for a semester and there was auditions and everything else. Right. But so we were there, There's not much else going on. So it's like that's what you do. It's a factor. Yeah. It's an hour away from Indianapolis. So, right. And Indianapolis isn't even that big, right? So anyway. All right. Some very good news. Surprise commit out of nowhere for the football team. Kevin Humes, 5'11", 185-pound, cornerback, a four-star, 90-rated cornerback out of St. Francis cornerback out of St. Francis in Baltimore. This is awesome. Where did this come from, Jeff? It seemed like out of
4: nowhere.
3: Loxley Magic. It did
4: come out of nowhere. I mean, they uh, he visited last week. I reported it on the site. And, you know, he was originally – I think he might have originally been in this class, but he's been in the 2025 class. He decided uh, around Christmas time to move into the 2024 class. Azar Abdul Rahim – Obviously, recently re- returned from uh, Boston College for his second stint at Maryland as co-defensive coordinator. So he was the lead recruiter here. He got it done. Uh, it's big for them because cornerback to me is one of their most uncertain positions next year, and he's a the guy they think can come in and and play well right away. You know, he's uh, runs a fourth, I think, like a f- sub four forty, has a thirty-seven inch vertical. Great athlete, big Great hitter. Too. Yeah, big hitter for his size at about 5'11", 180 So he's a really good prospect, you know, and that's a position where they really need guys because there's basically n- nobody proven returning there. So it's a it's a really good get. High high three star kid, I think um number 59. Four star in the corner. composite. Yeah. So so yeah, that's uh
1: that's a home run for them. It kind of reminds me of Will Likely a little bit, who was Kind of little. What is he? He's five eleven. He's listed five eleven. So what is he probably? Probably a little yeah. less than that. Will likely was a little. He's not. He's not likely like, size, but he's. Yeah, likely was
4: like five seven, but yeah, um, but fast
1: and quick and the same kind of thing, right? Like yeah, I
4: mean the offer list. You look at the offers. He had Michigan, Penn State. I think he had Ohio State, Florida. Tons of big time offers. So you're swimming in uh deeper waters and and. And winning now, which is huge because that's the next step. Obviously, now that you're, you know, winning seven, eight games a year, going to bowl games, now can you, with along going along with this new Big Ten schedule where you're not having to play those big three every year, can you up the talent and, and like we always talk about, break through the next level where you have that nine or 10 win season, you, you need to get talent like this. So, uh, that's a big score.
3: Classes up to number 32, which is about the range you would expect it to be. But, you know, it they, started really they, slow. So, you know, you got to feel pretty good about that. They will, probably won't land there, but, um, you know, I don't I, know what the recruiting board looks like at this point. Um, yeah, 32.
1: Mean, I've been trying to refresh. They haven't.
3: I saw that somewhere earlier today after you committed. That might have been in Ben's article um, or Wes's article. I'm not sure which one of those wrote it, but. Um, yeah, Wes. Yeah, it says it,
1: 39, but it does list them. Does list them.
3: I thought it I th- thought it bumped up to 32. That might have been a typo, but um yeah, pretty much anywhere. I'm not sure
1: because when you click on it, it says they're 46th if you go to their team page, but the team ranking says 39. So did they go from 46 to 39 with him, or did they go from 39 to 32 with him? That's what I'm not sure about because I did the same stuff yeah. to try and figure that out. Either
3: way, I don't know. He improved them by about it,
1: seven spots. It was
3: it, so. this this is this was this did not start off as a class you would expect under Loxley, but it it, it is ending that way, which is what you want to see. I would put it that yeah. way. Any and, other and, and
4: don't sleep on uh what they'll do in 2025. You know, they already built some momentum. I think they've made some strides with NIL and Azar is a really good recruiter. He's gonna get them some players. Uh he's kind of From what I understand, you know, whereas most assistant coaches have like I'm recruiting Montgomery County, I'm recruiting Baltimore, I'm Florida. He's kind of a do it all roaming around the area, freelancing, going after guys or helping with with guys they think they can get. So there's a lot of confidence over there from several conversations I've had with different people that uh, they're going to get a lot because it was a really down year for their local recruiting. They didn't do that well uh, with the top 25 locally. I think they got two of the top 25, something like that. I don't think that'll happen again next year.
3: Interesting too, with AAR that the uh, Boston college head coach just left for the NFL as a defensive coordinator. So that, I mean, yeah, that's um, good luck guys.
4: That's a terrible BC was already a rough job, you know, and they going against like Florida state, nobody gives, nobody cares at all about college football in Boston. You add the fact of small private school that's, and then, but now NIL has made that an impossible job.
3: Yeah. So, it can be worse, guys. We want to complain about NIL. It can be it a could be worse.
1: Fan. It can be worse. Can be. Yeah, three straight bowl games coming from where Maryland was. It's good stepping stone. I would like to see it continue. Move upward
3: i get to eight. I'm done. Yeah. I
1: don't
3: Yeah, care. we thought
4: you we thought you wanted yeah.
3: to
1: go downhill,
4: Larry.
3: I figure we just go back to three. Well, and no, well, fine. But
1: Paul has made comments about feeling content with where they are right now. And I'm, I, I'm different. I differ in that regard. That's what I meant. Like, I want it to keep going. I'm not content with just the bowl games. It's good. And I view it as a good stepping stone, but I want it to keep going. Like, I'm not, I don't want it to just peak. No, here I think you could
4: be, you can be content with what they're doing as a baseline because it's so much better than the previous baseline right. while right. still hoping, you know, to take that next step.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really all it is. It's, I mean, it's not just like, oh, thank God, we're just doing this. It's just, you know, I can understand if they take a step back for a year as long as they come back to this point. You know, like it's, if this is the new baseline and, like, you know, four or five wins was the old baseline, I'm happier with this baseline.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and next year is going to be very interesting to see. Like we were just talking about, you know, a player saving – a program player, is Maryland going to be – are they going to maintain what they've been doing without Talia or was it just because they had a really good quarterback for four years? You'll know, certainly right? say
3: a lot about the state of the program. And I, it, it's, it's a fascinating question. I I'm, I'm interested to see how it works out. I mean, it's, it's, that's exciting yeah. to me, you know, as yeah. much as thinking you have a really good squad coming back, it's also exciting to just kind of see, okay, like is this where we really are or was that just a blip? Yeah.
1: All right, guys. I think that's about it. I don't have a show ending segment or anything, but
3: um, I think we squeezed a lot out of this one. It, it was actually nice to kind of talk about Maryland basketball and not have to, you know, grunt or squint the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just it's, it's nice to have something to talk about. And um, I said, hopefully they go to Michigan State and, and whoop that ass, and then we have more to talk about. Yeah.
1: Excellent. All right, guys. Great. Great show! It's always it's always a great show. We have Walt; he makes the show. So no matter what else happens, having him on is the best. So that's awesome. Everybody go buy some Clutch vodka and follow him on Twitter, whatever those things you feel like you're doing. And if you want to support us too? Give us a, a like and a subscribe and and all those things. Follow and, on YouTube.
4: Subscribe on YouTube. Do it now before subscribe you
1: on, subscribe. Subscribe. So you're on right YouTube. here. It's right there. Yep. You don't ask much. All right, well, thanks, guys. We will see you guys next week. This is IMS Radio. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.